teaching is a work of heart and a whole bunch of other shit. Join in to listen to the good, the bad, and the ugly of the teaching world with current and former teachers. Welcome to The Reality of Teaching with Megan Dorsey and Friends. Welcome, everybody. I am super happy to introduce you today to someone named Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Megan. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Can you just start us off with some background either about who you are, why you got into teaching, or what you're doing now? Sure, yeah. So I, um, I'm a first-year literature and language arts teacher um, in a suburb of Chicago. Um, I teach in a, a pretty small school. There's about 400 students. Um, I've got three sections that I teach. Um, I originally decided to go into teaching um, it was my sophomore year of college. I started out as a nursing major because my mom is a nurse and it kind of like goes back millions of generations. And so that was just what I expected I was supposed to do. Um, and then I took biology and I was like, no, I, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so just kind of like on a whim, I took like an education elective. I think it was like intro to education or something. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, like this actually like I thought about teaching, but my parents had always told me not to teach because it doesn't make any money. And, you know, it's um, they wanted me to be financially secure, which I I appreciate and understand, but I took this education class. Um, I was just very enamored, especially with um, like middle school teaching, which whenever I told people, they got really concerned and like, oh my gosh, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that. But like, I found that I, I taught um, Sunday school for second graders and it was like, honestly, so, like they're very cute, but it's kind of like talking to a brick wall and then like the body fluids that come in, like I'm not, mm-hmm. not about that. Um, and most high schoolers are taller than I am and that just scares me. Um, so middle school is kind of like my own personal brand of weird, um, that like you can get serious with them. Um, and they are able to, you know, do those tasks that require some higher level thinking, but then they're also just like weird. Like you never know what they're going to say. Um, so it's definitely been a really tough year, especially to be a first year teacher. Um, but I think looking at the little things is really important, um, because it's honestly what's kept me going through the whole year is like, we'll have a really bad week, but then at the end of the week, you know, I'm able to kind of see the light that is shown through, through the clouds throughout the week. That is lovely. And I, um, my experiences with middle school too. So I totally feel you on the weirdness, but also like, I love how you get to see them slowly start to become adults. And like, it's just so funny how you can go from like, having some deep conversations with them where you're actually like, wow, those thoughts were like so profound and wonderful. And then they go say something that only you would hear in a middle school and you're like, okay, back to reality. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, I get that reality check. Yeah, absolutely. So I totally agree about that. Um, And also congrats to you for making it this far in your first year. I, I can't even imagine because I've personally just seen the behaviors this year have been the craziest I've seen so far. Um, so props to you for, for still being here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something to be proud of. And so about the little things, I would love to kind of hear either how you get yourself to do that or even just what are some of the little things that you find that help kind of get you through the week. Sure. Yeah. So it's like, they're definitely harder to see when we're having a bad week or like, it's just nothing is going to plan. Um, like, you know, I can't think of anything to plan for class. Um, cause I wasn't like, 
I, there was another subject I'd intended on teaching. I didn't intend on teaching um, literature and language arts. So I'm kind of still like, I'm kind of learning as my kids are learning. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like one thing like that I would consider a little thing is like seeing them have like a breakthrough, um, especially in writing. I love watching their, um, their writing skills advance. Cause like they started out and, um, they had like no concept of grammar. There were run-ons galore, like really had no idea how to write a paper. Um, and now we've done like a couple of things with narrative writing. We're doing a persuasive paper right, right now. Um, and just seeing them get really, really excited about writing. And, like they find something they like to re- uh, like to write and kind of letting them choose their own topic um, has gotten interesting. I have kids who are writing from everything from um, like we should allow cell phones in class because I teach at a private school. So the rules are a little bit um, stricter, but we should allow cell phones in class to we shouldn't have a dress code um, to some kid is writing about why you should play Clash of Clans. Like, mm-hmm. so just kind of seeing their interest shine through um, is really interesting. And they get a lot more talkative when they're writing about something they want to, which can be a good and a bad thing. It gets a little loud sometimes. Um, but seeing a lot of growth, like in writing and also in reading, because I have a lot of kids who like love to read and they'll read like a book a week. And then I have other kids who like literally would rather pull out their own eyebrows than pick up a book. Um, and I like, I kind of try to talk to them sometimes. And I have a spreadsheet that I keep on my own with like everybody's name and kind of like what books they've told me they're interested in. So that if I see something like at the library or when I'm at Goodwill, um, I can pick it up. And like, I've given kids books before. And so like seeing them read that in class, like makes me feel really good. It's like, oh, I found something that they like, especially the kids who like, don't like to read, finding, having them find something that they're interested in reading and kind of discovering how wonderful it is to read um, is something that's, it's very fulfilling and it kind of, proves that like even though this year it's felt like nothing is going right and you're not getting anything done and nobody's listening and nobody cares like something like even if it's just one kid that you can help through everything it's worth it but yeah so just seeing that like academic growth um I mean like not even just academic growth but like growth everywhere like socially emotionally um like you said they kind of they start out kind of wild and wacky um and then seeing them slowly become adults and like become more mature. And like, honestly, even with the past uh, two years being what they have been, like seeing them relearn how to be students, because a lot of them like have no idea how to be in a classroom. Like my sixth graders, their last normal year was third grade. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a reason why we're seeing a lot of the behaviors we are. Um, but then seeing them like mature past that and be able to function in a classroom setting is it makes the whole year feel a whole lot more worth it. And like actually something actually happened. Yeah, totally. And I, there's a couple amazing things you said, which first of all, I think having, when you have the chance to allow choice in the classroom, I think that helps so much because they kind of buy into it as well. Um, mm-hmm. My best experiences, like recently we had book clubs where the students chose their own books and they chose their groups. And of course, like you said, Sometimes that's not good. Um, and I did I did have a few groups that I kind of knew they wouldn't do it, and it, that's okay. But then for the groups that chose wisely and they actually were really invested in it, it was so cool to listen in on their conversations and just hear what they had to say. And they wrote an essay about the book, and it was just wonderful. So I think that having choice can really help you kind of focus on more of those exciting moments. And the second thing you said of just like trying to focus on even if it's just one student that day that really learned. I think that's 
maybe one of the more difficult things about teaching is in a lot of ways, sometimes it feels like you failed or maybe when there's only like five kids that seem to be paying attention, you're like, Oh God, I'm, I've made a mistake here. (laughs) Um, But with that being said, I think kind of personally kind of shifting your mind into like, well, those kids learned today. That's great. Um, Mm -hmm. Is, is a key to staying happy. Oh, definitely. Um, and I got really lucky with my student teaching placement. I went to school in like central Illinois. So it was a really, really small school. Um, but like, I think partially because they were in the same classroom all day and we only had half days, um, they were much more willing to like be present, um, and engage with the content. And so I got really spoiled with like perfectly behaved kids, like really never had any behavior issues. Um, they were all like really interested in what we were doing. So I was teaching, um, history at that point um and because I was like new and exotic they all like loved me and so like I was like this is great again this is what teaching is like man I've got it made and then I like got here I was like what is going on like who are these kids they don't listen they don't pay attention um but kind of like gaining their trust and gaining their respect has made has made that a lot easier um and I'm able to kind of have like a heart-to-heart with them and just like make them recognize that they're honestly like they're just being silly um and it's it makes it a lot easier to keep that perspective of like, okay, I'm not going like kids just don't want to be in school. Some of them. And that's totally fine. Cause like, I didn't want to be in school when I was 11. Um, but like being there for the ones who do want to be there, um, and helping create that environment where they can learn and like experience some sort of growth or have some positive moment in the day. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot easier now than it was in the beginning of the year. And it makes me kind of realize again, why I chose this field. Cause there was, um, I went through like a really long period throughout the year where I like, didn't want to teach anymore. Um, like, honestly, if I could have quit that day, I probably would have. And like, it's still there. Um, and it's kind of one, I'm, I feel like I'm part of the group that's like, not really sure if I'm going to come back next year, which makes me sad. Um, because then I think of all the little things that I do experience, Um, And I think like missing out on those and not being there to help um, the students that I can help. That's like, what's keeping me here. Mm -hmm. Totally. And I think kind of going back to what you said about student teaching, I had such a similar experience. I was, I went to college in Ohio. So I was student teaching at in just amazing high school. And I had honors freshmen that cared so much about English it was amazing. I've never experienced anything like that since. <laughs> um, and I also had one or two sections of like a senior contemporary lit class. I would never get that as a new teacher. Like it was a tenured teacher who was teaching that. Um, so I just had like this really cool experience where I was the same way. I'm like, if this is teaching, I would do this forever. Like it's right. amazing. Um, and then I also, once I was in my first school, I was like, oh my gosh, this is not what I thought it was going to be. So I totally feel you there. And it's, it is sad. There are so many teachers, um, myself included, who are either leaving or planning on leaving or thinking about it. Um, And even that phase of just wrestling with it is so hard to even go through because you're just at a loss. It's so much different than another. I mean, I remember when I left one of my first jobs, it was American Eagle. <laughs> I was a salesperson. Um, and I switched to cold stone to, to make some ice cream. And, you know, of course you're young and it's, it's silly jobs, but at the same time, 
it's just so much easier to be like, oh, I, I just took another position and then it's no big deal. Right. Um, whereas with teaching or any job where you're really like growing on these personal connections, it feels just like kind of a failure and yeah. you don't want to disappoint anyone, but also there's a lot kind of that pushes you out in, in the same way. Yeah, no, I agree. And I don't know if you felt this way, but like one thing that's been hard for me, like that, um, I guess not hard, but it's been kind of weighing on my mind as I try to like make this decision um, is like, I feel like with teaching and I mean, there are other jobs like this, but I feel like teaching, especially you put so much of yourself into the job, both like emotionally and time-wise. And like, I don't know about you, but I'm like always like, I barely have a life outside of school because I spend so much time like grading, especially like English, like grading papers. So grading Mm -hmm. or lesson planning or just like trying to figure out like decompressing from the day. Um, and so I feel like you put so much of yourself into this job. Um, and then to come to the realization that like, it's not working feels like a personal failure when really it's like, you did nothing wrong. Like you did everything you could. Um, especially being a new teacher. It's like, I don't, I don't know half the stuff. Cause I mean, of course, like they, you know, you go to all the classes in school, you do your practicums, you do student teaching, but like nothing prepares you for like what it's like being an actual classroom teacher. Uh, 100%, 100%. And it's (laughs) like one of those, it it does feel like a personal failure. And I've actually had like loved ones tell me that I have to like start to try to disconnect myself from teaching in terms of like, oh, I had a bad day teaching equals I'm a bad person. Or (laughs) like, I'm thinking about leaving teaching, therefore I'm a failure and I'm a bad person. And it's like, it's just so rooted into who we are because it takes up your whole life. And once you care about these kids, it's like, even if you leave at, you know, three fifteen, three thirty, you still care about the kids when you go home. So it's just always with you in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially when you're new and I'm in my third year, I mean, I'm always trying to like make my activities better and make classes engaging and how can I switch things up and make it relevant. And I mean, it gets exhausting because you're just always focused on how to better the classroom. And then you start to kind of lose like yourself in that a little bit. Yeah. It's especially hard with like, um, like you said, trying to make lessons like more engaging and, um, make it more relevant. Um, I was like so hard on that for a long time. And like, I was always on teachers, pay teachers or like Pinterest or Mm -hmm. talking to other teachers on Facebook about like what I could do to like get my kids more engaged. And then I realized like, it wasn't me. It was them choosing to not like, I I can't make them do something they don't want to do. Like, I mean, yeah, I can give them a grade for it and give them a zero. Um, But like, if they don't want to do it, they're not going to care. And so I just kind of came to terms with the fact that like, I don't, not every lesson has to be engaging in like me at a hundred percent. And so I've been a lot more okay in this like second half of the year than I was in the first half of the year with just like giving them like a worksheet or telling them to read something in the book um, and just taking a second to like sit down at my desk. Um, Cause like I teach, um, we have it set up so that lit laying is like one block. So normally we have 42 minute periods, but like, so I have them for close to 90 minutes, mm-hmm. That's um, mine is too, yeah. which is like a special kind of hell with 12 year olds, <laughs> yes. because especially when it's like nice outside and they want to go outside. Like we have so much to do. Um, and so I've, be, I've become okay with um, not always being everybody's favorite, which is a big thing for me at the beginning of the year. I was like, I want to be like everyone's favorite teacher and I want them all to like me. And then when I got here and realized that like some of them just don't like me just because I'm the teacher, I was like, oh, 
well, you have like, you don't even know me. <laughs> and so just being okay with them, like not liking things and just like, I guess teaching them that sometimes you have to do things you don't like, just like sometimes I don't like coming to work, but I still like, I'm still here and I show up. Um, so like, yeah, I know you don't want to do this workbook sheet, but like, sorry. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think something that came to mind when you're telling that was um, my student teaching back to that was I had stayed up all night. We were going to learn the Odyssey and I was like, I'm going to make an escape room. This is going to be the best day ever because I remembered that I actually despised reading the Odyssey when I was in high school. So I was like, "Mm -mm, I'm not putting my students through that. I'm going to change it up. I mean, I went to the store. I got these like little boxes that they had to like unlock and printed everything in color. Oh, I just went, I obviously was a dreamer at the time. And I mean, I seriously think I stayed up to like 3 a.m. And then I had to get up at like five. So I was like, why did I do that? Whatever. My first group of students that I had who did it, they seemed pretty engaged, but not as like happy about it as I thought. So I was kind of like, oh, I'm offended. You have no idea how hard I just worked on this. Second group got through it really fast. And I was like, that was weird. And then my last group, they came in knowing the code because then it'd been unbeknownst to me, they had been sharing it all day. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. And that was like an eye opening moment for me because I took it so personally at first. I remember I like cried in the car on the way home. I mean, this is like a month into student teaching Yeah, and I was like embarrassed and I felt just, I just felt at a loss. And I remember my mentor teacher was just like, you know what? Some days they, you can't impress them, even if you're trying your hardest. And I think that's a really good, it's like, sounds like a negative, but it is a good kind of way to get yourself through it to say, you know what? It's actually okay. They're not all going to like you. Um, And some just don't even like school or your subject. Like there's nothing you could do. You could get up there and perform their favorite song and pass out free food. And they still will be like, I hate this class. <laughs> yep. So I think that's where the little things, um, like just kind of like came all from, uh, all came full circle. I think that's where they really come in handy because like when you have a lesson that like either it just flops or you do it all perfectly and they still hate it. Just like remembering the lessons that like went really, really well. Or like when you had a really good discussion about whatever book you're reading. Um, or like I have, I have one student who like, I don't think they dislike me. They just, they're very melancholy. Um, and so it always looks like they're very angry and they're also a whole lot taller than I am. So I have to like actually look up. Um, mm-hmm. And so like when I'm dealing with that student, it helps me to remember, like I have one other student who I've known the student since they were, oh gosh, probably in like kindergarten uh, because I went to school at the school I teach at and all my siblings went here. Um, and I have a form like on my Google classroom where like, you know, you can leave a note or, you know, if you need me to talk to you about something, just cause I know sometimes they don't like, like handing you something or coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, you know, just when you, whenever you want to talk, just leave something there. And they'll always leave me a note. Like, um, like Miss Teach is such a good teacher and she's doing such a good job in her first year. Um, or sometimes she'll bring me like a card. Oh my um, gosh. and just like remembering those, like those little things, like the kids who I know that like, do appreciate me and like I'll see them outside of school and they get all excited um and so like those are the kids that are really near and dear to my heart like of course I care about all of my students um and I want to make sure they all do well like socially academically mentally everything but it's those kids that like really show up and like 
make known that they appreciate you mm-hmm. that like it helps to get through those harder moments with students who like either don't care about your class don't like you personally you know whatever absolutely and there are like students have no clue how impactful it is i've gotten a couple of those emails or cards or whatever and whenever that happens i mean then it kind of helps all those negative things go away for the time being especially like I remember, so my first year was when COVID hit. So I had been like first year teacher in normal time until March. And I was so distraught because I didn't get to say bye to my students. And some of them I never really heard from again because they you know, didn't show up to remote learning or, and things like that. Um, but then like some of those emails I got after the school year ended and it, it just meant the whole world to me because I kind of left on this weird note where I was like, see you after our extended spring break, everybody. <laughs> and I love how you even told them you don't need to bring your book home because I, oh, no. I didn't think, obviously, I didn't have any clue of what was about to go down. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, don't worry, everybody. Like, I'll see you in April. Never yeah. to be seen again. But um, I think... It's, it's just so, so cool when they send you those, those messages. Cause that kept me going in, into the next year for sure. Oh, hundred percent. I don't like my, um, the teacher who is in the room next to me, she's the other sixth grade teacher and she like was like an administrator. She's been a principal. She's done like a million and one things and now she teaches sixth grade math. Um, but she, one thing she recommended to me, um, is to keep a binder like of all the, like the notes or, you know, just the little like whatever like I had a kid who um he made a lightsaber out of a post-it note and I would like just made a passing comment I was like oh that's kind of neat like I didn't know you could do that and so he drew me like a whole like it's back on my wall here um he drew me a lightsaber and like wrote a message on it and it's just like like I almost cried when he gave it to me and I'm sure he mm-hmm. didn't even like think about it but I actually talked to his mom um and apparently like when I said that to him it, it must have meant a lot because he got in the car and he was like mom I have to draw lightsabers for like this teacher and this teacher and this teacher and this teacher so kind mm-hmm. of realizing like like making note of how much like the little things they do impact you but also realizing like the things that you say that like don't even like I didn't even think about that it was just something that like just came out um but like being present for them like how much that can mean to some kids who like um just like don't maybe don't feel seen or um Mm -hmm. I mean even the kids who do like I think it can mean a lot to any of them for sure and I totally agree my I think it was my one of my favorite high school teachers had this similar advice she called it a smile file like keep a file of all the positive things and just the other day I was actually going through it and this is so random but whenever I think it was my first year there was like a meme of, I think, Kylie Jenner, who said, like, rise and shine. (laughs) And (laughs) I thought it was so funny. I would say it every morning in my first period class, and they thought it was funny. And so then one day, randomly, a kid came in with like a paint sample, um, like those little cards. And the it was a, a pale yellow. And the title was rise and shine. And I still just have it in my folder because they thought it was just like this class inside joke. And even like I, when I first saw it, I was like, why did I keep this? Like I kind of forgot. And yeah, it, yeah it's awesome to keep those things because then it comes back to you and you're like, oh, I remember those days. Isn't it wild? Like the things that they remember, like, they, they, like I feel like most of like 
it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, you can like teach grammar till you're blue in the face or you can make them write a paper every week Mm -hmm. um, or like do a whole bunch of like diagnostic tasks to make sure they're like on par, but it's like, they don't remember any of that stuff. And like, they're going to learn the same stuff in English next year because they forgot it all. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, it's the things that you do that, I don't know. It's just, it's really interesting to see what sticks with them and like what they remember and what they like appreciate you for. So I think trying to, the way I came into teaching was like, of course, like academics are super important. That's what you're here for. Um, and so making sure that I give them that foundation to move on to seventh and eighth grade is really important. But my philosophy is kind of more than anything, making sure that they're taken care of emotionally, because like, if you have a kid who comes in and like, just have like a bad morning or whatever, like they're not going to want to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be even harder to engage them than the kid who like, you know, comes from a really stable household and like, has breakfast every morning, um, and, like, has someone to pick them up from school, um, so I, like, again, like, academics are always super important, um, but I think first and foremost, making sure that you're there for them in other aspects is important, but it also puts a lot of stress, like, on us as teachers, because, like, we're not trained to be social workers or counselors, Mm -hmm. totally, I don't know about you, but I took one psych class in college, Mm -hmm. um, and so then trying to, like, take care of their emotional state as well because we don't have a counselor or a psychologist at my school Mm -hmm. um it's very fulfilling when it works and especially like you hear from parents that it works but like in the moment it's very it's like it feels frustrating and draining and so it's kind of like a double-edged sword almost yes I always run my classes with kind of the emotions first and I agree it's like you've got to Um, similar to what we mentioned before of like, you need to make sure it's not personal. Um, it's so hard to keep that boundary in your mind when you are getting personal and they're telling you about something personal or you're worried about like if they have food at home or if they're okay. And to you, of course, that's not, you know, that's gotten personal at that point, but you still have to remind yourself when you go home, like you did all you could and now you've got to let it go in some way. Um, right. Exactly. And focusing back to our, our main thing here is focusing on, you know, well, they showed up today. That's a great thing. And even if they, you know, I've had a lot of students who maybe are having a bad day or having a rough time at home and then they sleep all class, but they wrote one sentence compared to normally not showing up at all. And I'm like, okay, baby steps. Like we'll get there. You have to focus on, those little things to, to help them succeed. Oh, absolutely. It's really important. Yeah. So I, I feel like this is a great place to just kind of end with back with our little things. Um, yeah. And I mean, every example that you said just shows you are a rock star. Um, (laughs) you should be really proud of yourself. I don't think I would have been able to say any of that my first year. So you are amazing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And if, you know, on here, I try to keep it real. So there's, you know, you can always reach out to either me or even just listen because there's a lot of teachers out there who are trying their best, but also wondering like, what am I going to do next? So um, just keep up the great work. And thank you so much for being on this call. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Had fun. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, keep in touch and um, have a wonderful rest of your day. Yeah, thanks. You too. Alrighty. Bye, Maggie. Alright, bye. All right. Thank you so, so much. 
Maggie, I can't believe you're a first year teacher. That was, that was just beautiful. Um, I want to just remind anyone out there that especially in teaching, we sometimes get confused between people who are super negative about it saying, no, 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 run away from this profession as fast as you can. And we're also caught in between the people who are like, no, ignore the naysayers, ignore this, ignore the problems. And I think what was wonderful about this conversation with Maggie is that we did not choose either of those sides. It is okay to feel bad. It's okay to regret your teaching decision. It's okay to have a bad day. And it's also okay just to celebrate what you can. It's okay to just give a worksheet if that means you are doing okay and your students are doing okay. And overall, focus on the little things when you can. And hey, if you end up in a situation where there are no longer positive things to, to look forward to, well, then I think your signs is, is very clear at that point. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you're able to enjoy the little things in life, whether that be in your teaching world or just your life in general. Thanks again for listening and have a beautiful, beautiful day. Take care. Thank you.